Welcome to Reach, your platform to connect with other executive assistants and acquire game-changing knowledge and perspective. Reach is designed to inspire your workday, guide you through pivotal moments in your career, and transform you into the executive assistant you've always wanted to be. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Reach. I'm your host, Jessica Van, founder and CEO of Maven Recruiting Group. And today I am welcoming back to our program none other than our very own Jillian Lopez, VP of Accounts and Growth here at Maven. It's great to be back. Title of this podcast is The Gaming Effect. Just what is going on with these lengthy interview processes? So, um, a little context before we launch into what all of that means. Um, first, let me tell you a little bit more about Jill. Jill works directly with many of Maven's clients, spanning the Fortune 500, venture capital, tech startups, you name it. And therefore, she has a direct pulse on the market and what specifically both job seekers and hiring managers are experiencing in today's climate, which makes her an ideal guest for our topic today. So before we jump into this, you're wondering, why is this episode called The Gaming Effect? What does that even mean? I'm going to digress for a moment. I don't know how many of you have children. I, I do. And um, I don't know whether you've ever noticed how ordinarily sweet kids, when they're playing video games, will start shooting their enemies in rapid fire, screaming things like, die, 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 you know, in this kind of like vapid, very dehumanized slightly disturbing sort of a way, or the mindless look that washes over their faces, right? As they grip the controller and they're saying fire as quickly as they possibly can. My son is a perfect example of this. He's normally super sweet, kind, uh, gentle. Uh, when it comes to video games and annihilating the enemy, he is just like a beast, so we're calling this ability to tune out and kind of disassociate from, um, I guess, really your sense of empathy, right? Um, we're calling that the gaming effect, um, short for the video gaming effect. And this really got me thinking, you know, that there's something really powerful that happens to our empathy and to our ability to relate and connect to others when we introduce the distance of technology. Uh, certainly many people much more informed than, than I have spoken about the alienating and dehumanizing effects of technology and how Zoom and other types of platforms, um, while they're really convenient, they don't necessarily compensate for human interaction or for connection. So with so many employers now relying exclusively or almost entirely on interviews that are conducted over technology, it got me wondering if this gaming effect, as we've called it, is also occurring in interview processes and what evidence there might be for that based upon the types of interview processes that we encounter as a recruiting firm. And again, who better to speak to this topic than Jill, who knows intimately and firsthand and is constantly in the thick of, <clears throat> of these interview processes, as well as trying to influence them or influence her client's behavior throughout the course of them. So um, once again, that's our topic for today. And um, Jill, I'd love for you to, to talk for a moment about the good old days, right? 
when our average time to fill at Maven Recruiting Group was 17 days from, from the time that a search was open to the time that it closed. So tell us about those days and what do you see as some of the differences between how things worked then versus now? Well, first and foremost, those were the glory days. <laughs> we'll talk about <laughs> some of the statistics that we're seeing now, now that a key part of the interview process has been primarily done via Zoom. But back then in 2019, which isn't far along from where we are today, you know, we didn't have the luxury of working from home. And so by default, most interview processes took place in person. And I don't know if you remember, Jessica, but the reason why the, our interview processes was only 17 days average time to fill is because we would encourage our clients to just totally skip the phone screen. And the reason why was because we fully vetted our candidates in person. So believe it or not, we had all these executive assistants coming into our office and the interview processes were a lot more efficient that way. And they were extremely interactive. I mean, we were prepping candidates on, hey, this is where you need to park in downtown San Francisco so you're not late to your interview. And the interview process was very successful when it was on site because employers had the opportunity to really showcase more than just the job and what they're hiring for. They were able to show the office culture and the candidates were able to observe interactions. Candidates were able to, you know, activate most of their five senses, you know, smell what the office um, was like. And it just created a more memorable experience on both ends for the clients and for the candidates. Um, what do you think, Jessica, back then? Um, I agree. I agree with a hundred percent with what you're saying. I mean, it, it, it's true. There was so much, um, you're right. We would always counsel, you know, clients to skip the, the, the phone screen, because as we would always say, what's really the utility and benefit of that? Because it's, you're not really getting a sense of the individual. And if, and if all you're looking to achieve in that conversation is to, you know, understand if they're, if they're base, if they meet the baseline qualifications and, you know, are they articulate? Do they have presence? We would say, yeah, we, we've done, we, we've vetted that part for you. <laughs> that's that's in the bag. There's no need to redo that. So right. I, I agree with you. Like we were able to really <clears throat> accelerate things and I think get to really the crux of an individual a lot faster um, because, you know, how do people connect, right? I mean, I, I think that people connect for the most part. Um, there's so many more data sources and um, ways of, understanding and assessing somebody in person than over a screen. Exactly. You know, to your point, you can really rely on uh, like so much more sensory um, observations and, and data inputs. So yeah, it did accelerate things. Yeah. And also I just think, you know, it's not to say that you can't necessarily gain those things via Zoom. It's just significantly harder. So being able to incorporate an on-site interview does help create a more memorable experience. And what I say that is because just think about it for a moment. When today in today's climate, if we're only conducting business via Zoom and meeting people via Zoom, this is a very serious decision. And all if you have to base for is just interactions via camera, it's really hard to really spark that initial chemistry, right? With people. And um, like, let's think of it this way, right? Finding a job is a very serious commitment. And 
it's as serious as let's say getting married, you know, would I, you know, I'm engaged right now. Would I marry Brandon just by meeting with him via Zoom and only via Zoom? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Do you know anyone who's gotten married just by meeting someone via Zoom? No, like you have to meet this individual in person to spark a connection. Um, and it's because like that's where, and, and I've seen it, like in today's climate, it's great to see that employers are now and, and candidates are more comfortable going on site, right? Thank goodness, you know, people, the market's reopening up, people are going back to some normalcy, right? Um, and I'm noticing that, you know, some clients are still doing the Zoom screen. So in replacement of the phone screen back then. And after the Zoom screen, I will say the clients that embed an on-site interview right afterwards, we are able to see people move through the hiring process, you know, in less than a month. I'll take a current example right now. I'm working on a very, very high profile EA to CEO chairman opportunity at a huge international tech company that generates nearly $9 billion in revenue every year. And the first step was an on-site interview by the EA that we're trying to replace because she's going on retirement. And if you weren't local, she would accommodate a Zoom. But if you were local, she would want you to come on-site in person. Well, I will say three weeks later, we are now in offer stages and it's being signed today. And it just goes to show that, you know, back, you can still create that, you know, 17 days time to fill or create a sense of urgency and rapid fire and spark with your interview process if it's done in person. And the reason why is because our candidate was able to stand out. She was able to, you know, show her body language, show her smile through her interactions. And that was memorable and it was distinct. Um, so I would say if you're a candidate and you have the opportunity to go on site, seize that opportunity because you're going to stand out amongst the crowd of Zoom interviews. And if you're a client and you have the opportunity to showcase your beautiful office, if it still exists, do it because that's what's going to create engagement and enthusiasm with your opportunity against a sea of opportunities that are out there. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I think, I, I, I think this example is especially profound because, you know, as you point out, Jill, this is not a, um, a casual kind of, you know, lower level or entry level role. This is a position supporting the CEO of a major major international organization. And uh, the fact that they were able to move as adeptly and as decisively as they did um, with the aid of, I think, you know, an in-person process really says a lot about, um, well, one, you know, structuring an efficient process, but also just about the additional value um, that's, that's to be had and gained by by in-person interactions. So I think, you know, like to our point about the, the challenge of connection, you know, when we used to invite candidates um, into our office, I mean, the very first thing, right, that we would consistently say, Jill, like pre pretty much our standard opener was, hey, did you find us okay? Or, you know, did you have any trouble, any trouble finding us today? Or right. things of that nature, right? Because it's an, it's just, it's an easy, it's an easy icebreaker, right? It's just a casual human way to get the conversation flowing. And if you think about it, you know, 
in in today's climate, if let's just say it's a it's an entirely Zoom run process, what what is there to spark that kind of um, impromptu, you know, connection? Right? Um, it's it's a real challenge. You know, I mean, there's only so many times you can say like, oh, that's a great you know background. Is that is that is that a place that you went to, or, or did you download it on on the internet? I mean, it's just it's harder. It's just it's so much harder. So I guess to to ask you um, <clears throat> more directly, you know, as you think about the interview processes of the last two or so years, do you think you know, and the way that we're the way that we're using it, this gaming effect? Do you think that there's a gaming effect at play? Yeah, I think there are definitely factors that are contributing to the gaming effect. For example, I think people are still trying to adapt to what is now the new normalcy, meaning we didn't have terms like hybrid model, you know, incorporated into the day-to-day business model and, you know, or completely working from home, right? You know, that was a huge perk back in 2019 and seldomly heard, you know, employers offering to work from home, which is crazy to think about because now candidates, most candidates enjoy working from home. Well, not most, but you know, some do. Um, They like, they like being able to be at home and doing several other things, but some crave that, you know, interaction that you just can't get via Zoom. And I think also, if you think about it from this perspective, when you're working from home, by default, things just naturally move slower. You have to call people. You have to Slack people. You have to Teams people if you want to update on something, right? People are creating new systems online for a checks and balance system of where do things stand or they're using other technology to stay in the loop of communication versus when you are in person, you could just turn your chair or walk to the other side of the office and be like, hey, where is this assignment, right? And if you think about that with and apply that for a second for the interview process, you know, there's a delayed reaction or response if everything is done via Zoom. And it could, maybe, maybe, maybe there's a fair argument that maybe things can also be done efficiently remotely. But I gotta say, like, when you are in person and you feel like, hey, I need this assignment right now, you know, you can't necessarily scream all caps with exclamation points in a Slack message, hey, I need this assignment right now, um, because it will come off a little aggressive, right? But in person, Mm -hmm. you know, if I say, hey, I really need this assignment right now, you can tell, wow, my colleague needs my help. Let's get on it. It's just it's just a different way of interacting, um, which is why I keep emphasizing on that word. It's because it's the truth and the reality. Like messages are conveyed significantly better when done in person. It's the feeling that you receive from the message. For me, it's twofold. It's not just that there's a challenge getting to authentic connection, um, especially like, and I, w- I want to kind of keep it keep our our frame of reference on the interview process because that's you know i think the very beginning that's the essence that's the birthplace of the relationship right it's the very first thing that you're doing when you're potentially meeting a new employee is you you start with the interview process and so i think that the challenge is is fostering that authentic connection but i also think that the challenge too is that 
because that authentic connection is not necessarily happening as organically or naturally as it as it ordinarily would in a, in a if we were to mimic like an actual social interaction or social scenario, which is how we've been connecting for millennia, right? Is in person. Um, so we're wired, I think, to to connect in that way. But I think that the challenge too is on the back end is that I think it's also easier to dismiss people because you don't have that authentic connection that hasn't really been solidified. Yes. And so I go back to my son, my sweet little son that Jill knows very well. <laughs> He's a nice boy, right, Jill? He is. <laughs> He's, He's a sweet hard. boy. But yeah. when he gets a hold of that video game, oh my God. It's like, I mean, it's like, who are you? He's like a terrorist. And so it's just, it's interesting to me because there's like this, this, this thing where people can just like, whoosh, like curtains out, lights out, and they can really dissociate from, from that individual and from, and from kind of, um, I think it makes it easier to dismiss people. I think it, it makes it easier to, to not personalize um, the interview process. And, and, you know, you might go through layers and layers and rounds and rounds and not really feel invested in that human. And I think that's a kind of a, a real fundamental challenge when um, when you're really trying to assess people. And I think on the flip side, as candidates, gosh, I mean, that is a really big challenge because you're going through these processes and you're feeling, you know, kind of like you, you go, you might spend rounds and rounds and rounds working towards something just to kind of get cut off at the last second. And, and I think it can feel kind of um, kind of drastic, you know? And I, yeah, and, and again, it's like, I just, I think it's easier to dismiss people or, or individuals that you haven't really formed a connection to or made an investment in. So Jill, one of the, the wonderful things about, you know, you're having you here today is because you have this really longitudinal perspective, right? You've been at Maven for over eight years. You've seen innumerable interview processes, managed innumerable interview processes. So what do you think you know, is going on today that is prolonging the amount of time that it takes to reach consensus about a person? I think there's a few factors. Number one, if we're going on the theme of interacting and having that in-person connection, it's important that hiring managers and key decision makers know what is entirely important to them when making a hire. At the same time, you know, we always encourage our candidates too when forging it, when making such a big decision, you know, be aware of what's most important to you. And, you know, if you are entertaining a fully remote position, you know, know that maybe company culture, you may not have that grasp. So when you're interviewing, you know, tailor your questions to really speak to what's most important to you. Is it the role? Is it the executive that you're supporting? Um, so I think having a good sense of clear alignment on both ends of what's important to you is something that can prolong the process because sometimes people feel, you know, when things are done entirely via Zoom, that they can't necessarily make a decision. And I think about this example of a recent candidate who was coming from the East Coast, and this was her first time looking in several years. And this was a fully remote position, which is what she wanted, um, supporting a CEO of this early stage startup. And she couldn't make a decision because it was very important to her that she felt a connection with this CEO. 
So, you know, he did end up flying her out and it was a game changer because sadly in person, the spark wasn't entirely there, but it was important for her to feel that because like most of our executive assistants that are probably listening, they're really drawn to the individual, the who. So I think that's just a layer that we have to embrace is that, you know, you may not always have the opportunity to meet with this executive in person. So you have to be able to make a trade-off with, okay, if business is being conducted primarily remotely because this is a remote opportunity, then what else is going to matter out of this, right? Um, And if it is important for you to meet with your executive and it is a remote opportunity, ask that question early on in the process and try to meet with the executive as soon as you can um, versus having multiple rounds of interviews with people done remotely and you know, you find out at the very end when you meet with the individual that it's just not a match. Um, and so I think we're starting to do that more with our clients too, Jessica, is to, you know, if this is a local opportunity, put that in-person interview as early as you can. So that way you get a good sense of building a connection with an individual. Yeah, 100%. And that's definitely something that we've been <clears throat> advising people on is to incorporate that process because there's just more intel to be had. And, you know, I I can think of a similar story, Jill, where we had a a candidate go through literally months of interviewing, months, I'm not exaggerating, I want to say it was about a two-month process, multiple touch points, multiple different um, decision makers, all done over Zoom. In fact, even references were checked. And the very, 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 very final step was to bring this individual on site, Um, after all of this, you know, really just across the board, unanimous buy-in. And it was really just meant to be kind of a final, you know, a final blessing, a final touch point. And when that individual came on site, it was like, you know, it was like pump the brakes. And immediately the, the team felt like it wasn't a fit. And it was really, it was, it was so disheartening all around because whatever inputs they were able to get <clears throat> in person that they didn't get over Zoom were pretty severe to make them um, really, you know, question the, the fit altogether and and um, to really, you know, rethink the entire the, rethink the entire you know consideration of this person. And what an incredible waste of everyone's effort, right? Um, so I, I think that to your point, Jill, like that that intel that comes with in-person interaction is, is really vital. And in fact, you know, just to point to some facts on this, right? So I think that this, this really does highlight um, the point that we're making about the necessity of in-person. So we pulled some of our own data. We pulled some of our, our Maven stats that are based upon um, interview processes that were run since the beginning of this year, 2022. And what we noticed when we dug into the data is that successful placements, so meaning placements that we actually, that we brought all the way to the finish line and that were accepted, those that included a live interview, whether that was, you know, the second stage or whatever, those that included a live interview took on average 31 days from start to finish to complete. So that's from the time the search was opened to the time that somebody accepted was 31 days versus situations where an interview happened entirely virtually, those searches took on average 55 days to conclude. I mean, that's almost twice the amount of time 
to get to consensus and get to decision. Yeah. And is, is that consistent with your own yes, observations? Yes. Mm-hmm. Very consistent. And, you know, if you think about the second thing that also contributes to prolonging the process, it's feedback, right? And imagine when interviews were done in, in, in person, you know, the energy was there, the, the enthusiasm, the momentum, and people would just pull people from conference rooms and be like, let's make a decision on this hire. And now when everything is, you know, let's say done via Zoom, it's harder for us to chase feedback. And if that feedback isn't given right away and we're not funneling up quickly, sometimes you might forget some of the finer details. And at no one's fault because the only sense that you're activating when you're conducting interviews via Zoom is just your your audio and your eyesight, but nothing else, nothing more. Um, so it is a little bit harder too sometimes to get feedback from candidates or clients because it's it's just not as of a memorable of experience. Um, right. But yeah, that's very true with those numbers. So thinking about this, Jill, I, I'm sure people are listening today, <clears throat> either from the experience or the point of view of a job seeker or also from the point of view of a hiring manager. And for those that are hiring managers who feel that they're missing out on top talent in this market, what advice do you have for those hiring managers um, to be able to conduct a more efficient and um, successful process. Yeah, I think it's. The, I think the advice remains the same um, that we've been giving for years. And one of the things that I go back to is, if you feel like you're missing out on top talent, it starts with really buttoning up on what you are looking for in this hire, creating a clear sense of alignment both on your end and on your team's end, who's a part of the interview process. What is it that's important to you beyond the skills and the experience? What about the individual and the intangible qualities, you know, which is one of our core values at Maven is really digging in into the individual's intangibles because there's more that meets the eye than just a piece of paper or a LinkedIn profile. So making sure that you have a clear sense of alignment is Imperative, And I go back to that example of that huge EA to CEO um, placement that we're about to make because on the front end, everyone knew exactly what was most important to this executive. And the second thing that I would recommend on the candidate side as well with, with that, having a clear sense of alignment is know what's important to you. When you know what's important to you, you're able to make really informed and confident decisions. Think about your non-negotiables. Think about what's important to you in this life. Is it having work-life balance or is it actually having the opportunity to go in office for some in-person interaction? The second thing that I would recommend is, you know, the best way to keep the energy and the spark there is with, you know, rapid communication and feedback and with your recruiter or with the hiring manager, you know, follow up with them and write a really thoughtful thank you know, after the interview. And as a matter of fact, I would even recommend, you know, when you're on the interview via Zoom, mention, you know, hey, I am really enjoying this interview and I so appreciate this opportunity for, you know, the fact that you guys care so deeply about your company, like share why you're excited about this opportunity and close strongly because if that's your last moment via Zoom, make it your best moment. Um, so I would just say going back to the basics of knowing what's important to you and and don't snooze on it. 
obviously we we have a strong agenda, which is that we believe that in person is a really valuable um, thing to incorporate when when trying to come to some kind of decision about something or someone. Um, but I think your other points are incredibly well well made too, Jill, which is that you need alignment, you need clarity. Um, you know, what what is being assessed needs to be established and and understood by anybody that's participating in the process. And I can't tell you how many times we, you know, see people woven into interview processes who, you know, are are peripherally related or <laughs> don't don't haven't been informed as to what they're screening for or um, aren't clear on the scope of the role. And so they're they're looking for some set of, of, of you know, criteria when in fact that's not at all the criteria that, you know, let's say the executive has defined as being important. So, so much of, I think, interview processes break down because people have not been um, unified in terms of what to look for and, and how they're going to look for it. So it is a lot of planning. And um, it does require work. And, and running a good process is a lot about preparing to run a good process. And if you don't take the, the time to do that well, then it typically, you know, devolves into discord and just procrastination because there's not, there's not you know, um, unilateral buy-in and understanding. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, you can still have a very successful, you know, an efficient interview process, even if your opportunity is done remotely too, as well. I see that pattern. I'm currently working on a fully remote EA opportunity for another startup, EA to CEO, and we're already in final stages, two and a half weeks in into the search. And it's because, you know, everyone, like you said, Jessica, is unified on what we are exactly looking for in this hire. So as we conclude here, I want to just leave us with a couple more quick, quick thoughts. Um, there was a study that was conducted by the University of Washington Foster School of Business. Um, and basically the headline here is work relationships are hard to build on Zoom unless you pick up on a colleague's nonverbal cues. And I think that, you know, while they're talking about the ongoing relationship, you know, as being challenging to build, I, I would encourage all of us listening today to also think about the interview process as, as the um, uh, nexus for that working relationship. And so similarly, if work relationships are hard to build over Zoom, it also stands to reason that, you know, work relationships that start on Zoom in an interview process are also hard to build. And so I think that that's really, really an important takeaway um, for any of us listening today, whether you're a candidate who is going through a process, as Jill said, you know, see if you can, you know, request to come on site, see if you can really take the, you know, take the reins in your own hands and, and really drive that destiny for yourself. And on the flip side, if you're a hiring manager, know that, know that you're probably doing yourself a disservice by not including an in-person interview early on in the process. And I'll leave you with one more, more, one more stat from our own data, from Maven's um, placement data, which is that for those clients that move to live interviews earlier on in the process, so on average, if, if after one and a half stages, um, the client moved to an in-person interview, it was more likely to result in a successful hire. And 
unsuccessful searches that Maven ran, so searches that had no conclusion, no hire came out of it, those tended to conduct an average of 3.1 interview rounds virtually before moving to live interviews, if they moved at all. And again, those were the unsuccessful searches. Those were the ones that didn't conclude successfully. So in other words, it took them three times as long to get to the on-site stage and, and they weren't ultimately successful. So weaving and incorporating that on-site interview process at all, number one, is going to save you tons of time. But number two, doing it early on in the process is going to, res- is going to increase the likelihood that you're actually successful with the search. So Jill, as we wrap up here, any final, um, any final words or advice that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yes. Despite the fact that we are dealing with this quote unquote gaming effect of prolonged interview processes and, you know, we're not hearing anything and it's been weeks. I just want to encourage our listeners today and our executive assistant community. Do not, do not be discouraged by the realities of how, slow things might be if that is the case if anything i encourage you to you know ask questions be be confident and check in with your recruiter and your hiring managers it is totally valid and okay to say hi i'm checking in to see where you're at with your decision making process or you know has there been any updates with you know the search ask questions and if you find yourself in a position where maybe you didn't get the job, it is totally okay to ask for feedback from the hiring managers. And if you don't give feedback, get feedback, excuse me, because sometimes you aren't able to receive feedback, you know, be able to maybe just take a reflective moment and think, what can I do to refine my craft? Maybe I should be switching up the types of questions that I ask. Maybe I should be tailoring my examples to the job description. You know, take matters into your own hands and we find a way to stand out. Maybe it takes, like Jessica mentioned, putting a fun Zoom backdrop to spark an icebreaker to be memorable versus having your bedroom in the background, right? So don't be discouraged in this market. If anything, find this as a new creative way to stand out um, with this you know, new interview process. Thank you, Jill, for being a part of our discussion today and for sharing your experience with everyone, particularly, you know, this, this perspective that, that you have is so, uh, is so, so vital and so, so valuable. Um, so thank you again for being here and uh, we wish you a wonderful trip, Miss Jill. Thank you. Thank you. Reach is brought to you by Maven Recruiting Group, who specializes in placing executive assistants and support staff to the Bay Area's most prominent executives and companies. If you've enjoyed being part of our podcast community and are interested in becoming part of our candidate community, we're currently hiring for roles in San Francisco, Silicon Valley, and Los Angeles. You can visit us at www.mavenrec.com to see some of the roles we're currently working on and to submit your resume.